The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told the disciples a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. This parable is one that has always challenged me, because I find myself identifying so easily with the ones that worked all day, only to receive the same as those that only worked one hour. When I hear this story, I think of how I would feel if I were one of the early workers. I always kind of considered myself low-key until the first injustice, and then I get fired up. Well, this sounds like an injustice, right? How would we feel in the same situation? We work all day in the heat, giving forth good effort, and then when it comes time for our fair wage, someone who has worked only an hour gets the same pay as we do. I mean, if the landowner wanted to be generous, he was certainly entitled to give them a full day's pay for an hour's work, but fair is fair. He should then have given us more. I know this would tick some of us off because I have seen people in line for confession get ticked off because someone comes in and not realizing there is a line, pops in when the door opens. And then you've got to add another sin to your list. This is a challenge even though we realize, first of all, that this is Jesus' teaching and therefore it has to be right, even though we may not see it. And secondly, because it is a symbol of the final judgment, when, as we know and teach, those that come to believe late in life and convert will receive the same reward as the lifelong believers, that of eternal life with God in heaven. So how do we get our heads around this? Well, as I tried to think about this and see it from Jesus' point of view, I was given the insight to ask myself how I would feel if I was in this position and the person receiving the gift, the day's pay for an hour's work, 
wasn't some stranger from God knows where, but my son, my daughter, or my best friend. Would I feel differently? Oh, you bet I would. First of all, if it was a person that I was close to, that I cared about, I would not judge them harshly for coming to the vineyard so late. Secondly, I would be thrilled that they got a full day's pay, happy that the landowner was so generous, and it wouldn't matter that I received the same, because I would only want what was best for them. Why? Why would we be bummed out if a stranger got the same pay as we did, but happy if it happened to our close family member or friend? Because we love them. And so, too, are we called to love everyone, even though that doesn't come easy. And we will learn, if we haven't already, that it is possible only through the power of God working in our lives. It's funny, but it is that power of God thing that really makes this parable work for us, if we think about it for a minute. It is so difficult for us because, as God said in the first reading from Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. Let's take a minute to look at this issue practically in light of that difference between the way we look at things and the way God looks at things. God has perfect knowledge. He knows what is in a person's heart, and he will not be fooled by appearances. Those that came to the vineyard late did, in fact, come to work in the vineyard. They did not reject the offer. So, too, will God judge the timing and opportunity of those who convert late in life, knowing of their history, prior opportunity, the graces afforded them, and everything there is to know, in his perfect knowledge and judgment. It says the landowner approaches the worker. This is their opportunity to have an experience of God. Until then, they did not have an opportunity to work in the vineyard, to respond to the invitation, to enter into relationship with the landowner. As for those of us who were fortunate enough to start that relationship earlier in life, whether at dawn or nine, noon or three, our work should not be the hard labor of a farmhand in the heat of the day, a work that makes us jealous and envious of the pay of others. But our work should be the work of one yoked to Jesus, Jesus whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light, working to bring others into the vineyard of God's generous mercy and love. You know, in a way, this parable is, in a sense, a microcosm of the seniority system. You know, I worked my entire career in a job where seniority always meant something. The time you had on the job or in grade, in relation to the others you worked with frequently, if not always, determined your rate of pay, your vacation, your days off, lunch times, opportunity for promotion, and so on. But you know, the one thing that it did not determine was an individual's dedication to the job, their ability and desire to perform well. The point at which workers went all in was not based on seniority but on their frame of mind, their attitude, their commitment, and their loyalty. Often extended time on the job while carrying with it the perks of seniority could lead to a complacency and even at times a negativity, sapping the enjoyment from the job as people simply put their time in with little enthusiasm for their work. Now, while I understand that the challenges of different jobs can result in burnout after a long period of time for employees, 
and I would never suggest that the seniority system doesn't have its spot in the workplace. This cannot be the case for workers in God's vineyard. Now, the long-term goal for workers in God's vineyard is summarized nicely in the second reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul is not burned out in his ministry, but is still full of energy as he strives to do what God called him to. As he says, For me, life is Christ and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. I long to depart this life, to be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. Paul was in the wonderful place of being torn between two loves, the love of Christ in the glorified flesh, whom he longed to join in heaven, and the love of Christ in the human flesh of his people, his body, the church, who Paul was serving while still on earth. Paul knew the lesson we all should learn, the lesson that helps us understand this parable once and for all. There is no limit to God's love, generosity, and reward. There is no shortage of space in heaven. The goal is not to receive more than others, but to share what we have received with others, to grow in our love for all God's people, and to see victory in the sharing of God's grace, not the quibbling over our wages. For as we know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, we really don't want God to be fair. If he treated us fairly, we would never have been saved. There's no way we were entitled to Jesus' passion and death on the cross to save us from our sins. But in his gracious goodness and amazing love for us, our loving Father sent his only Son, also full of love for us, to pay the price for our sins, not to be fair, but to love us into eternal life. It is this love that now calls us to follow him in love, to forgive others 70 times 7, to turn the other cheek, and to rejoice at the recovery of the one sheep out of a hundred. This parable is not meant to challenge our sense of fairness, but to change our hearts to see as God sees, to give as God gives, and to love as God loves. For questions or comments on this podcast, email deaconjoe2017 at gmail.com.